You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A kiss, as defined by Dan Webster, is something pleasing, a caress, a gentle touch. But there's another kiss that isn't in Webster's. Hey world, we're kids! Some critics say they don't make music, they just make noise. Yeah, kiss! Kiss implies the extreme in the theatrics on stage, utilizing fire and smoke and bizarre costumes and the ever-consistent, constant concealment of their true identities. Speaking of which, Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon. Take Kiss with you. It's fun. Show your friends and be the first. Now. And welcome once again to No Time to Turn, a Kiss Nerd Podcast. Nerds. As always, I'm Russ. I'm with Cap and Alex from the Something Good Network. What's hey, going on? What's up? And uh, we've been charting Kiss's history album by album, year by year. Now we're in cycle by cycle. Yes. And things are going to get kind of even weirder because as we go into the new, the new millennium... <gasps> Because we're up to the 2000 here. Yeah. Um, things start kind of kind of slowing down in a weird way, but there's a lot happening. So we're going to be covering kind of a about a three or four year stretch here on this episode. Yeah. Because things don't really, there's a lot that goes on, but it doesn't, it seems like it happens in little clusters. Yeah. And it's always, it's all revolved around lineup changes and tour schedules and things like that not so much new music or anything on tv or anything like that where we doing anything they can just to keep the keep, ship the keep, it, keep it going keep uh it well i mean which is ironic because we're when we ended on the last episode we ended in uh october of 2000 Charleston, South Carolina, which I have dubbed the last ever Kiss concert. I've gotten some feedback on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we might talk about that next episode. Maybe. Maybe. But it was. It was the last ever Kiss show. However. Look, I agree with you. I know. Well, there's a lot of people <laughs> to do. But I'm just, I'm just like, you know. You just gave me that look after you said it again, so I was like, I'm giving you confirmation. I agree with you. Uh, in September, before this October ruckus goes down, they announced six Japanese dates, and a week later, the dates were canceled. A week later. Yeah. So all this in September, they announce it, and then they cancel it a week later. Um, and then there's no activity for the rest of that year. They, you know, they Peter trashes his drums. Good night, Charleston. Paints the teardrop on his face one last time. And so is that why they canceled the tours? Because Peter just like uh, said, "No, I'm not signing a contract or do, or working right, extra, or whatever." Yeah. Well, so uh, possibly. I mean, according to Paul, so we take that as it is. Um, after those dates uh, wrapped up, which he he says after the dates wrapped up, he came to him with it. But with what you're saying, with it being a canceled a week later, I actually wonder if this correlates to Peter now drawing the teardrop on his eye because they said he did that during the last leg of the run. So Paul offered Peter X amount of million dollars to play these shows. And does Peter outright said no? He's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. See, that's, I mean, I, I understand. We talked about the his rationale was he was not getting paid 
the same as Paul as, and Gene. No, he wasn't getting paid the same as Ace. Yeah. Well, this it had time nothing around, to do with the Paul and Gene. He might have countered at that point just out of just to be an yeah. asshole. But I'm kind of like that's where I, that's where my sympathy starts to end with Peter. It's like, dude. Take the money and run. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nothing it, to sneeze at, and that's when Paul, at. you know, phrased it as you know, and Peter did the know. financially responsible thing and declined all the money and said no but, to the shows. But there's probably you know all the extraneous bullshit when you're dealing with people in a band, and if you don't get along, it you know it can be laborious. Yeah. No, you know, and for him if he felt like he was in a financially secure situation, it really wasn't about the money for him. Yeah. Which in that, you know, you got to respect his integrity. That's yeah, an admirable that. that's an admirable position to be in. So, I you know, it's easy to just be flipping and go take the money and run, but you know, if he's just like, oh. "Man, I don't really like spending my time with these guys and I don't want to I just no, I don't want to do it. They're not paying me enough, you know. You know, show me the money, yeah. okay? Well, you know, and they weren't. Well, that's not when he what starts he thought was off right. The whole, I'm the most talented member in the band. Yeah, well, all that's that. fine, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Well, well, I get say that because he used that as the bargaining chip, and then also when Paul Paul claims he countered with, "Well, I will reach out to Eric Singer," and he goes, "No one's going to accept." someone else in the makeup well on so, the so, last so that's day. why i bring it up is because that supposedly on the last day of january 2001 the new year it's cracked wide open with the controversial announcement that eric singer has rejoined the band which was followed almost immediately by a terse statement from peter chris saying that he had not been asked to continue on the ongoing farewell tour I'm using farewell tour in quotations now. Right. And in his words, quote, Gene and Paul chose to terminate their association with me, unquote. Termination. Yes. I, another word for termination is? Fired. Yeah. One has to wonder what effect this would have had prior to undertaking this, quote, unquote, farewell tour. What do you mean? Would it have done as well if going into the farewell tour, they couldn't come to terms and replaced Peter with Eric Singer on that tour? I don't think they would have had a farewell tour. I don't either. No. I think they, they just would have kept going and just kept calling it Kiss and just would have never done the quote farewell. Because, I, well, I'm not, I don't want to jump ahead, but it is stated, and we can kind of see it, that morale boosted when Singer got in the band. Even Ace started playing better. So I don't see it, them seeing that as a situation of them starting to play. Even if Ace starts playing like he did during the reunion tour again, they're like, oh, okay, we, we might still have a chance here. I think there would have been no farewell tour. Well, I agree with that. Um, but uh, talking about Singer being announced... I didn't realize it was uh, that early on, because here's the thing. I distinctly remember this was around the time that uh, my family got a personal computer. And I remember as clear as day asking mom, can I get on the computer? Okay, fine. Got on, went to Kiss Online. Just to look at just the photos, you know, you just go, because especially when you're a kid, it was like the new version of the magazine. I just wanted to go to the website and look at the photos. Yeah. Well, sure as shit, I got a photo and I remember even calling into mom. I was like, mom, who's Eric Singer? 
And she's like, he was a drummer. I was like, oh, he's playing drums again. And I remember her like from outside the room, not knowing what it was. She's like, no, 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 that's an old album. I was like, no, he's in makeup. I hear of whatever she was holding her foot down, ran into the room, immediately started like looking at. She goes, "Oh no, they didn't! No, they didn't!" And she basically pushed me off the chair and got on her uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger. And I remember she was messaging her friend uh, Jeff Young, and they immediately got on the phone and started talking about it. Well, so I remember that was a big ruckus. Well, you kind of jumped ahead of me here. Uh, how I'm on because the day. because when when you no know, when they announced it. It, there was a moment there where everyone was like, oh, fuck, what's he going to be? What's he going to dress up as? What's his character going to oh, be? Oh, I thought that was the same day the no, photo was posted. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I remember this because I can remember being on these message boards back then. No, there was about a month where it was like, oh, what are they okay. going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Was, is he going to be? Maybe they'll make him the hawk. What, what's his character going to be? That would have been interesting, actually. And there were people going, "No, they're not going to do that because they own everything now." Mm-hmm. And the answer came on February twenty seventh when he appears on a uh, Australian television program with the band, and he is in the full Catman regalia. Yes, because Kiss owns the design; they own the character. They own the whole ball of fur. <laughs> right? That, that was the same day the photo shoot must have gotten Maybe. posted on Kiss Online. Because that's what I remember seeing is because there's a distinct photo. Um, Eric talk, uh, talked about later on saying that he didn't know how to properly do the makeup yet like on himself. So Paul did his makeup for that session. And there's such a weird photo shoot. It's a red background in their farewell costumes with Ace, Gene, and Paul with Eric and it's just such a weird photo shoot. Well, it, this makes logistical sense cuz it's going to sell the most tickets. Well, and plus they know that there's a there is a segment of their fan base. See, Kiss likes the idea that they're they're a mainstream populist act. Right. And 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 to that end, this is where the disconnect even amongst Kiss fans are. Because they want to accept that too. That they're like foreigner, you know, foreigner tours with no original members now, right. and they still headline the big sheds to, you know, eight and ten thousand people a night, because which is have, insane to me. Because they have ten songs in regular rotation and at on least. radio, and you know, it's like all of these anonymous bands that came up in the late seventies that had huge, you know, that became the 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 staple, the linchpins of classic rock. FM radio, REO Speedwagon, Sticks, Foreigner, you know, all of these bands, no one can name a member. No. Or maybe they can name one or two, but I mean, these people are interchangeable and because they have no personas, they have no charisma, they have no identity other than playing, you know, they're talented maybe. You know, you can I'm not knocking them for what whatever they contributed. So musicians care more than the general public. But no one gives thing. a shit. You know, REO Speedwagon comes to town. If it's got the lead singer, they don't give a shit who, if the guitar player is there. They don't give a shit that it's nobody but the lead singer. And in some of these cases, Bad Company was touring for a long time with nobody but the original drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Okay? I mean, this is how insane this shit gets. So you can get away with that with these bands. But with this band, they're trying to get away with the idea of, well, he looks like Peter Chris. If we don't say his name, well, who's we don't Batman really... Tonight. You know, so it's yeah. a, the, the announcements weren't like trumpeted as heavily as like we were talking about how much press they got going into the farewell tour. It was a lot of unusual amount of press, like when they got their star on the Walk of Fame and all of this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, we're not going to push this too hard. But, you know, we'll announce it. You know, we're not trying to hide anything from anybody. But at the same time, they're not going, Eric Singer on the drums. No. You know, because it's like. Let they, me ask you, do you, this This is the stuff I I wish I had thought about beforehand. If I knew we were going to kind of go down this route, I may oh, have. Oh, we're going to go down this route many times on this show because we're playing musical chairs here for the next couple so, of years. So. Do you know when the Japanese dates went on sale? Or the Japan dates, rather, when went on sale? When they finally did go on sale? No, I don't. Almost all of the dates are sold out. Mm-hmm. I would be very curious I'm, oh, wait, to know. I'm almost positive that they were sold out before the announcement of Eric Singer. I'm, I, you know, I, my memory of this is kind of blurred because I can seem to remember this being a topic of discussion on these message boards back in the day. Like, uh, they pull the bait and switch. That's that's what I was kind of wondering. And but, to kind of lead it back to the question you brought up earlier, which is what if this happened right after the Psycho Circus tour instead of at the tail end of the Farewell tour? I wonder if they had not put on sale the Japan and Australia tickets sold out a good 99% of them. I think I, I did just a quick click through as you were talking. I think there was only what, two, three dates that weren't sold out or nearly sold out. Um, I wonder if those dates had not gone on sale done so well, if they would have even made the announcement, but yeah, only because they knew the ticket sales already did That's, well. Yeah, All right, well, we'll go ahead and mention it. And, okay, you're a KISS fan that lives in Japan or Australia in 2001. Let's be a, you know, let's really step out the box a well, second. We're lucky a, as Americans. Would you get a refund just because one member backed I don't, out? I don't know. That see, that's what they're banking on, exactly. and this is a way to test the water with it mm-hmm. because they're not in America; they're in Japan. Japan, you tour the whole country. I mean, it's it's what was it over the course? It was six shows over the course of two weeks. And, you know, I, I've i gotten to play in Japan with my band. We got some heat from somebody going, oh, you call it a J- Japanese tour? You only played three nights. Well, yeah. But, I mean, seven nights, six, seven nights is a long run over there. Really? Yeah. And um, I imagine Australia is not much different. And Australia is probably, I mean, they did, yeah, they did eight shows over two weeks after that. <clears throat> and, like, Australia. sold out two nights in a row kind of situations. And Kiss is so, still red hot in Australia, too, especially yeah. this time. So I mean they're testing the water with this and it and it's working because um even though after these dates there are no further announcements regarding a final show there's no further shows in all of 2001 these are all in the late winter early spring down there I guess it's the opposite um summer and you know being on a different hemisphere or whatever the summertime for them is winter time and it's whatever right. summertime for them is the winter time here um so it appears there's still money on the table. Yeah. Promoters are obviously like, we don't give a shit. 
the only people that are going to give a shit about this are people like us. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and this demonstrates to me a complete lack of integrity on the part of the band and a complete contempt for us, the core audience, mm-hmm. you know. But as we have found in the nearly 20 years since, the core audience, they bought it. Yeah. I yeah. didn't. I haven't gone seen them once. Yeah. And I refuse to do it. But because, like I said, and I'm very adamant about this, the last Kiss concert has happened. It's over. <laughs> you know, you can't alter this formula. And I have a rationale and reason why, but we'll, we'll, I'm going to get to that in this program. We're going to talk about it, but let's, let's keep this moving here. Are we going to talk about the dates at all? These dates down there, unless you've got something. I don't see anything yeah, popping co- out that yeah, really stands out. Yeah, I've got a couple different out. notes. Um, between the Japanese, uh, Japan and Australia dates, a um, couple different things. One, they started adding in more Ace songs, songs like Talk to Me. Um, and I find that pretty interesting that Gene and Paul always say, well, the reason we had to keep playing the same set lists and not to too j- jump too far ahead, when Tommy finally jumps in the band, they talked about really changing up the set because, oh, we finally got two musicians that can play all these songs. Well, clearly Ace knows how to play other songs if they're adding in talk to me and and playing like medleys and you know other fun interesting stuff like that so i do find that interesting suck by the way (laughs) you don't you're not a fan of medleys not at all really i watched why not there's only one group that can pull that off successfully in my opinion and only in in a certain context and that's the who and I don't know why. I don't know how they're able to weave it in so well. Talking about re- the recent they tours. Well, they don't usually do it during the course of uh, that. But they might run a, a medley of like Tommy songs or right, something. Right, right. But generally, in the way he does it, it's just kind of pretty. He's at least a little bit creative with it. But typically, I, you know, the people that do medleys most were like country guys. Yeah, you know, I've had forty-two number one hits, and I can't possibly play them all. But I'd like to do a medley of a few of them now. Good thing and it's like in D, A, and G. And it's like <laughs> you want to hear? I want to hear the whole goddamn song, motherfucker. Um, yeah. Especially with Kiss, you know. And it's like that's the thing. That was my complaint about the farewell tour was they started doing they weaved in what two or three makeup non makeup eras. So they played Heavens on Fire and Lick It Up, and I'm like, man, fuck you, don't play Heavens. I don't want to hear that shit. I want to hear you play fucking God to choose or play watching you or something fucking cool so I'm not wa- this fucking bullshit that y'all were trying to peddle when no one was giving a shit yeah that was no weird. one gave a shit then guess what no one gives a shit now they don't want to hear that shit they don't want to see peter chris or ace fraley playing fucking lick it up it's Fuck weird you. like i wa- i spent uh, this afternoon watching footage of both uh, the 2001 japan show with ace and then the other uh, show in australia with uh, peter that we'll talk about later on but yeah, you're right. The 80s songs are definitely very jarring. Well, they are. And well, and so one of the other things I wanted to mention, the um, March 13th at the Tokyo Dome, uh, that's now since been released as one of the off the soundboard oh, recordings. One of those? And uh, that's one of the shows that Cap was mentioning uh, that um, Eric Singer and both Ace play on. That's pretty readily available online. I will say... For the longest time, and I revisited it the weeks leading into this, that is an awesome live show. Like they're tight. They are really you know? Ace is on his game. Honestly, I like still drunk, but <laughs> I, I, I like the way Singer plays on this. He doesn't overplay it, as we kind of mentioned maybe on some of the Alice Cooper things he overplays. Mm-hmm. I think on this show, he plays right in line, kind of plays what the song serves, and 
I think this was a formidable lineup. I think this could have kept the weight going um, well, it if it not had been for uh, April 13th. What's April 13th? That's kind of deemed as the day that Ace just kind of lost it. Uh, Paul speaks about it kind of cryptedly in his book. He said Ace just had an off night, and he said ever since, you know, he just hadn't been the same. Would that, have anything, reports, would that be anything like Paul Stanley had an off night, and his voice hasn't been the same since? Oh. Uh, and then other accounts <laughs> well, say just, that I'm that was the night. I'm sick of their fucking well, other accounts, on each other. Other accounts say that um, that was the night that Ace punched Tommy backstage okay you know so it's like apparently ace was just having a really bad night that night which then leads into i do believe the following year so they basically just took the rest of the year off let let me let me just say something to address what you're talking about in a in a weird way okay because here's where they're at they obviously are looking at it from a different perspective now this farewell thing they're going hmm maybe that was premature Maybe we want to keep doing this. Maybe cha-ching, 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 which, of course, is what the motivation here. They don't give a fuck about what the fans think. Let's just be honest here. And the only reason why I say that is because if 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 it was a concern, it would be a point where they had to have made a conscious thought they i'm sure it was more than a conscious thought it was probably a meeting yeah they sat down and were like okay what's the course of action okay well the course of action is if we're going to continue we've got to see if we're going to be accepted as we are well i think they already tested that once already well i'm saying but in america it's still in america it's still a big question mark well, they tested it with Ed Cannon that's, that one that night. Was, that's a one-off And then anomaly. they had the tailor-made costume do, ready for Tommy in allegedly. case Ace No, I, there, there's okay, been too okay, many that's people fine, with but, the accounts But again, that. it would have been it would have been as a as a quick fix. Right. My point is, is this. They would have to make a decision if they were going to continue as KISS, the four characters, the you know, the demon, the star child, the spaceman, the catman, or they were going to have to return to their non-makeup version. Yeah. And if they did that, what was going to happen? And I can tell you what was going to happen. There's no question in my mind. If they did that, it they risked undoing all the accomplishments that they had made over the previous five years. And they would either go back to being... A club band, A probably. club band, if they wanted to retain any sense of, like, we're still headlining, but in clubs. Or they would be opening for larger acts. But they're, who they're going to open for, because there's not a lot of arena bands well, at this point. Yeah, they, would prob- they wouldn't be and doing Aerosmith tours. And, of course, from, the, from this point on, they really don't do arenas. They go into the summer shed The circuit. sheds, yeah. But they so, wouldn't be doing, like, Aerosmith tours. They'd be doing, like, say, Blue Oyster Cult tours well, or something like well, that. Well, they would be, as a headliner, yeah. But as, but they, they will do an Aerosmith tour as the opening band. Yeah. That's their first, <laughs> that's their first taste of this. But that, we're getting ahead of ourselves on that. So, I mean, you know, this is this is a risky spot they're in, but um, are well, they, I'm, I'm you sure, know. I'm sure they're going to come out of the gate strong in 2002, though. I don't know. It's it's gonna take it's just gonna take a curious juggling to keep the momentum going. On November twentieth that year of two thousand two of yeah, I'm getting them mixed up or here. No, this two thousand one still because okay. this is an important thing. Uh, ostensibly in line with the farewell, they released the Kiss Box set. Yes. Now before this set was ever formally announced, there was always plenty of hype 
well in advance. They were always teasing it, and it became referred to based on Gene's hyperbole in fan circles as the monster of box sets. Mm-hmm. This was going to be the. We were told this is going to be. This is going to make every. Think of the greatest box set. It's going to make it look like. Nothing. <laughs> this and, is the era where, like, everybody, like, my best friend's dad was, like, the dad with all the cool music, and he had box sets for everybody. That Kiss one, the, the Who one, Maximum R&B, Bruce uh, Springsteen, right. Eagles, all that. That's the sad one. Uh, yeah, so everyone had their box set, but Kiss was going to put out the ultimate, the monster of box sets. Oh, yeah. It was going to be DVDs of video footage you've never seen. There's going to be CDs live full shit. Yeah, of stuff gonna, you've never the, heard. The, the Van Halen demos, all of this was promised on this thing. Well, it comes <laughs> out on November 20th, and we get this relatively small, conservatively packaged set. We get Wicked Lester. <laughs> it includes 94 tracks over five discs, about a third of which are previously unreleased demos, outtakes, and live tracks. And I say previously unreleased because it's the advent of the uh, internet's happening. Some of this stuff's already beginning to circulate. Oh, and it's already in like the 90s in the bootleg circles, yeah. too. So it was hardly the monster of a box set. <laughs> and, you know, it's and, and this is where Kiss starts to come off the rails for me as a fan because a lot of what they promise isn't materialized. They, they, they pull bait and switch too many times. They zig when they should zag. And it goes back to what I've always said, that they are not aware of their own um, relevance. And and, and they're not relevant in the way that the Who is relevant. They're not relevant in the way. And I'm not saying that bad. I'm just saying that Kiss exists in their own self-contained context. I keep saying this. This is like a mantra on this show, I guess, by this point. They don't, you can't relate them in a normal way because what they've created was so unique and so special that it it only works in its own way and they don't even know how to manage it at this point and they haven't they haven't since they haven't since 1980 and you know that goes into you know we talked about who was the better manager well, even a coin or mcgee you know even in the mid 90s you, you don't think that was like the one time where they got it right no no, they didn't. When, like you're talking about, like when they the go bit, to the, revenge thing, where they go. When, no, they didn't, and I'll tell you why. Because by this point, I'm talking about the this tour. is important. Hold on, okay? no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going way off the rails because I want to ask an actual well, important question. Right, I'm getting ahead of my. I have all this in my. <laughs> this is. A, I'm glad you brought it up though because we're going to talk about it on this episode. Okay, I'm, let I'm me bring a little bit here. of brevity and lightness to this. Look, I know you were saying that you know a lot of this, the demo material that you know through the bootleg circles and the advent of internet had already been kind of released i know that you bought the box set or had friends that bought the box set and made you a copy or two of the cds um was there any demo track off the first couple discs that you remember listening to going huh i've actually not heard that and i thought that was pretty cool and my my point on that is there should have been a lot more well yes what was your favorite though that's I what I'm trying to get back at. Then, I think the revelation at the time was hearing that Paul Stanley got a thunder. Really? Yeah. That was like, what the fuck? I have never, you know. But had you I don't heard know. The... I can't remember. It's a blur there. That I don't know if I had already heard that or not at that point. But my memory was that I had not heard it. I had at least it, in I, that I, I had a copy of it. I had a copy of it, but I don't know if it came off the box set. And I did not buy the box set when it came out. Gotcha. I have since gotten it. Yeah. 
Um, but, See, I think one of uh, was the Eddie Kramer demos out by that point. Mm-hmm. Because I was no, going to no, say, no, no, you're talking about for Rock and Roll Over. No, for the first album. Oh, yeah. the first album. Oh, yeah, I had a bootleg of that. Okay, because I was going to say um, I got I had a bootleg of that from like I thought the I got demo. The 80s. I thought the demo version of Strutter for that. Oh my god, I, that was the coolest. No, I had a bootleg album with that. Uh, it was the demos on one side and Wicked Lester stuff on the other. Yeah. So all that Wicked Lester stuff had been floating in bootleg circles forever. That's kind of my point. It's like I was okay with that, and 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 I was okay with the fact that you know if you were going to get like from the master tapes, a high quality version of it, mm-hmm. that would be totally cool. I would buy that. I, I wanted more of that, but most of it was just like an anthology. It was like, man, you know what? We've we, how many anthologies can you put right. out? You know, at that same time, around that same time, there was the Mercury put out Kiss Gold or something, which was like yeah. a two disc set of and shit. It was of nothing, and it's all the exact same shit. And I'm like, you're just reselling the same shit over and over again. You know, and what's kind of sad is like between the the Gene Simmons vault. And uh, the new deluxe editions of like Love Gun and Destroyer and soon to be Creatures of the Night, we're finally getting all those demos that, that they promised us that, back I then. Know, or the it's, Alive it's, Two uh, uh, soundcheck yeah. tracks. Yeah. Well, and even then, you go to the live albums a lot, lot. You know, some people look at live albums as ripoffs because you're just getting the same tracks over and over again. At least with Alive and Alive Two, they were consciously avoiding that. That's why you know there's only three sides live on Alive was because they didn't have enough material, and even then they still didn't have enough material because they put they up songs. There were songs that they never played. Yeah. So, you know, but at least they were trying to give you something of value. And Kiss were always good at giving you something of value. They prided themselves in that. And here they don't. Here is like a very shoddily put together box set that isn't really of its but we have a couple different versions we have the standard box set and we then we the have the guitar case thing yeah, and then we have the deluxe and then we have the super deluxe that comes with the guitar case and the gold record oh well, i didn't know that, that was, <laughs> I yeah, yeah, but that, that. wasn't that. how much was that though. oh god ridiculous and you could only get that if you uh, phoned in oh jesus christ <laughs> On like a timeline ad or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, trust me, there was ads for it on Kiss Online and everywhere else. So, so zipping along here, we go into February now, a, a full year since the uh, bombshell of Eric Singer. I I can remember going, and you might remember this. Uh, Alex was a Kiss convention here in town, and someone had made posters, and they were like wanted posters, and it said "Wanted Eric Singer for impostering, you know, <laughs> and fr- ruining a rock and roll legend or whatever." Our friend and a. Vocalist for self-made monsters, uh, Eddie Ford. He still has one of those yeah. in his practice space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there was there was a sizable contempt. Man, I'm sure the person that made that has gone and seen him on every tour since. So. <laughs> right, uh, it's, it's still a really funny poster, though. Like it's it's good. I like it. Uh, February fifth, two thousand two, the group performed a set of five songs at the Lane Bryant Fashion Show. Yeah, Rosen like Ballroom. I said, coming out of two thousand two with a blaze of glory. I mean, what was that all about? I don't know, but I'll tell you a this. Paycheck. I know it's all about this is what I, well, that was exactly the point I'm getting to. I'll tell you this though, um, February fifth, two thousand two. I know where I was though, on the computer trying to live stream oh, that show. Oh, was it live stream? <laughs> it was going to be live streamed. I think on the Lane Bryant it, it, website. It, fuck up. it fucked up the entire time, yeah. and of course, because I'm, that technology was new then. Oh, absolutely, and you know I was nine when this was happening so it's like i i'm watching this and like all i'm doing is like trying to just enjoy oh it's new kiss i'm a kiss fan and kiss is doing something new going back in retrospect have you seen the video clips of this 
If I have, I have. It, okay. it did not stick in my head. Oh, it's it is imprinted in my head. It is. I say that this is cringier than the revenge tour with the strippers on stage. Well, that's because it's so they are playing. Let me pull up the song well, list again. Look, I, I know they wanna, did Love Gun. I think so they they did Shout Out Loud, Love Gun, God of Thunder, Lick It Up, Rock and Roll All Night. Okay. You would think, oh, okay, so they're kind of doing like a weird halftime thing in between, you know, the No, they're playing while the models walk. Yes, they're playing while the models are walking and showing off the lingerie. And it's it's fucking weird. Wait a minute, and just to be fair, I'm not body shaming anyone here because I am am working on a prodigious gut of my own. (laughs) But these these aren't like... They're full-figured women. They are plus-size women. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and as Gene a, Simmons said in, in that stupid song, the bigger the cushion, the better the pushing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Most definitely. <laughs> oh, but it is you still can, just, it's a weird, bizarro sight. I'm thinking to be that. seeing a fashion show well, to me, it was lingerie like, with Kiss playing okay, in the background. It's, it's, but this is but like, like double down on like how not cool can you get? It's like, okay, you can do what's not cool playing a fucking fashion show. What is even more? less cool than that playing a fashion show for plus size women no I mean I, God bless the play I like Russ's Instagram no, handle I know. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna how go. dare you sir no, I, I'm just saying I, I, I am a look I, I like I like the thick ladies so I'm not knocking it thick with two C's but y'all. I'm just saying in, in, a, in a mainstream kind of sense particularly in that era Oh, especially in that you know, area. Yeah. And I understand. We, we, you know I, we're giving you on, shit. On the, no, and I acknowledge that, you well, know, isn't that there's, more it, it's, creating, it's creating a, a, a greater acceptance at the time. But for, for a band like Kiss, it just, it's just it's like they're stumbling over themselves you, okay. to do stupid shit. To phrase it like this, you would expect Kiss to play the Playboy Mansion. You would. And I mean, yeah. it's like. Or like a haunted or an Elvira which, fucking Halloween party. Which, which or some actually, shit. side note, this is when Playboy man, this is when Playboy was having like their second breath and had like their you know direct TV channel and everything else. So it would have made sense for Kiss to do something at the mansion. Well, I tell you, well, a little Hugh recovery. Hefner, they do a personal friend of mine. <laughs> they, there's a little recovery here on February 24th. They kind of pull a coup here. They perform at the closing ceremony of the 2002 Winter Olympics. Yeah, and um, lip sync. Is it, is it? Yeah, was it a lip sync? I, you know, I watched it. And I barely remember. Isn't that where they're on that float that yeah, goes on, across the ice and yeah, stuff? Yeah, and there's no way you know they could yeah, properly uh, play while gliding along on that float. <laughs> and I think isn't this the last performance with Ace Frehley? This is the last performance with oh, Ace. Oh wow, quote unquote so performance. And he quietly leaves the band after this. Not behind the scenes though. So well, this was not slated for his last performance. So if you look, uh, March uh, six, yes. they perform a private concert in Jamaica. So that was booked when Ace was still part of the lineup. In Ace's book and Paul's book, he makes mention that he was in such a mental state that he thought, and this is by Ace's own admission also, mm-hmm. he thought that this was a coup. To get him to Jamaica to murder him. (laughs) He was that 
paranoid and that much in a bad frame of mind. He thought that this was to get him out of the country because this this was this a private gig. Cue Snowblind here. Yeah, yeah, really. This, this, because this was a private, you know, invite yeah. only gig. And Paul even mentions it was heavily armed. Whatever. You know, he doesn't say for who. So it's like it's it's kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, Ace did not and that was his reason for leaving well, he thought that they were trying to take him down there to whack him well if you watch that A&E doc he does like a convention or something like that where he even says out loud I am sick of fucking touring in so many words well well it, okay well there you go he's gone <laughs> yeah for and now we get Tommy Thayer yes and Tommy Thayer what a promotion you know this is but here's the thing about tommy thayer that i think people tend to overlook and it's because you know he's been a yes man for about 10 years at this point this is not a put down you know yeah if if i had gotten in that position i'd have been a yes man I, you of know, course you who, know who wouldn't it would be i mean it'd be a fun job if you could get it i would have and you know and i don't you know i don't know what his attitude or mindset would be in assuming that role i don't know if he was eager and excited to do it or if he just did it because you know it's he's in the exact same identical place in a certain sense that vinnie vincent was who else were they going to get yeah you know it's like tommy's here he knows the songs he knows how to play them he knows ace's licks he can play that shit note for note. Not really, as we'll find out. But whatever. It's irrelevant. I don't know, man. If you watch some of those early shows that Tommy performs with him, he's just a kid in a candy store. Yeah. He is smiling, grinning, looking like well, a big fucking dork. So, it's great. So <laughs> I, I have my own thoughts on this, but I'll discuss that when we talk about April 19th. Well, then here we go. What does farewell tour even mean? Uh, give us your money or we won't come back. <laughs> but they aren't, you know? And they never acknowledged... In any kind of formal way, this is our last show. This is it, it is, you know. But no, and no, it would seem like to me if they wanted to take heat and flack, you didn't really break up. You could, you know, the logical thing to do here is go. Well, that was the end of the original lineup. That's it, what they are saying. Now. That's what they're saying now. More than it's fifteen years later, they're finally coming to go. Oh yeah, we can say that now. That sounds that's smart. What they should have done is from the get go going. This is the end of that lineup. That's the farewell tour of the original. But then again, it's like, well, why are you keeping with the makeup? Because they know no one wants to see them in any other way, which goes to prove the point that negates the entire non-makeup era. No one gave a fuck. That, yeah. ma- that era doesn't exist anymore. No one cares. No one cared about it then. No one cares about it at this point in history. And no one's ever going to care about it. They're always going to continue in this Makeup thing, right? I like they push hard to the for the hair metal commu- uh, to the hair metal community. Don't like, feed really them. hard. Don't feed them. I'm just oh, saying. No, you can feed because I'm going to get into it more. I know he's going to keep here. getting into it. Don't feed him. I'm just saying what I observe. Might as well go ahead and get used to it because that's what this episode is all about for me. Uh, okay. I agree with you. I'm just saying. So that's all in the, you get same same time frame as the year prior. Only now it's 2000 what 2002. Yeah. And again, they don't play for the rest of the year. Well, so April 19th. Okay. Uh, what that was the uh, American Bandstand 50th oh, anniversary. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. That's why I, you I, know kept what? Saying. I, I saw that and I meant to make a note of that. Yeah, I, yeah that's so, where I first saw Tommy in the Ace. That, well, gimmick. because that was his first public debut. Right. There was nothing on the website. Right. They there was. I, I remember, though, I distinctly remember this coming up. And seeing the previews for it on TV and mom even being like, we need to get the tape recorder ready. You know, we need to record it. You know, we're going to watch it that night. 
And then a few days prior, I remember her asking me, do you know if Ace is playing on this show? And I was like, I remember that being a weird question. And I'm like, I, I would guess so, I think. She's like, well, because Eric's playing drums now. I'm like, right. She's like, do you think Ace is playing? I was like, I, I'll, I'll look on the website an hour later after getting the website loaded. No, it, it, I'm not seeing anything on here. I remember watching that night. Was that a was that a dial up joke? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is 2001. <laughs> That's why she was still asking me and not immediately like checking the computer. And then we were watching it that night, and she was as closest to the TV as I was because she was looking. And if you rewatch the footage, they cut around him a lot. You only get a few glimpses to show. Like they show Eric a good bit, but they do not show Tommy. And I remember mom being depressed that night. Well, Ace was her favorite member. Ace was her number one. And for the fact that... So this is where I was leading in. So this is my thoughts on Tommy. I've had a decent amount of time to think with this because I started out hardcore anti-Tommy, big Tommy hater. Am I still a fan of him today? No. Am I a fan of the person? Yes. I've gotten to understand the person more. He's fine. And and that part I've come to terms a lot more with, which has made me soften on him some. Right. So with that in mind, I think this is where they messed up on a few fronts. Because I, to this day, am still not as bothered by Eric Singer in Peter Chris's makeup as I am Tommy and Aces. And they've got a couple it, reasons why. Well, part of it's probably because he's on the front line. That is that's one a visual, aspect. That's a visual. That is one that's aspect. an important part of the visual. Although, feeling drums and, you know, hate using I this know. word, but swagger, mm-hmm. you know, all matter behind the kit. So have the wrong drummer and it can still mess up. I'm still cool with Singer. This is where I feel that Kiss messed up on a few different fronts with Tommy. One, Eric Singer never played in a Kiss cover band where he was Peter Chris. That, when the fans realized that he played in Cold Gin and played mm. the Ace character, I honestly believe that from the start tainted it because he came from a tribute band playing Ace. Well, you know, he came from Black, Black and, and Blue, Blue but and he they did, did that on that. the side. They didn't, but but he know, did it though. But he had done he, it and Kiss. Well. Ace, I mean, Peter, I mean, Paul and Gene. Roll call. Yeah, roll call. <laughs> Paul and Gene both came out to some of the shows. So it. So I think that, too, the other thing I just mentioned, before the American Bandstand thing, to the best of my knowledge, there was no mention that Ace was not going to be in the band you know, anymore. I don't remember that being accurate. I, I have a memory of knowing that was happening, but... Yeah. I you know by that point I was starting to tune out. I got again. You. I was like, okay, this is kind of over. Let's jump cut and keep this rolling. Okay, here. I'll keep it at two then. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 go ahead, go ahead. What was your third? <laughs> no, you just keep running. No, no, no. I did, you, I did, you've got I, a big notebook full. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm losing my place with this. So go ahead. Give me give me your third reason. And the third reason being, honestly, I think it's only because he was, at this point, tour manager. By the farewell well, tour, he was tour manager. That's what I was saying. It's yes. like he was in the Vinnie Vincent spot. It was like, okay, who well, are we going to get? Well, Vinnie Vincent was in the hidden spot, though. Yeah. Tommy was a little bit more, it, it's not too far separated from like 
if Doc was in shape, them throwing Doc up on stage. Well, you know, it's not. Yeah, you know, but you that, get what but I'm yeah, saying. He was the though. tour manager, but but yeah. it's still someone within the paperwork side of the band now being part. Well, the question of the is, if they knew, part. if they knew they had this problem with Ace, did do you think there was a in the uh, was this was this. Not premeditated, but you know, were they grooming him from for, for for future use? I, I honestly think they were. I mean, I but I if they were grooming him for future use, then did they even really ever believe in this ruse of a farewell tour? I think I, they were mentally prepared you know, for every scenario. I wholeheartedly believe that Tommy was quote unquote groomed from the start, and I also completely believe the story from multiple people that he had his own spaceman costume in the wings well, since the reunion tour. The, the question is at this point. So if he's if got he's his been own groomed costume and all of this is in play, then they never were serious about a farewell tour. I th- well, hold but on, if I they think were, he was groomed if Ace were to flake or back out, like the whole story right. of him getting made. Up that's and fine. showing Great. up last minute. Well, then the answer is stop. Yeah, that's what. But that's what my point was. I think Just he was being groomed. Stop. I when you get to this point, for that, stop. It's not kiss anymore. It's we're back to where we were in 1982. You just fucking stop. Okay. Yeah. You can't. You know. But what about the people that want it? I don't relate to these people. I don't know. But there's I a lot at, of them. Look, that dude, look, I look at the, I know that's fine. It, 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 I, I'm the devil's advocate because that's the mainstream point of view i i occasionally look at that kiss faq message where thing my eyes cross i'm, like, I have, <laughs> I'm on there a lot guys i, have, I love you <laughs> i have absolutely nothing in common with these people at all okay they're metal fans i'm not a heavy metal fan yeah. i don't think of kiss as a heavy metal band i don't relate to them on that level i don't you know they, to me i don't agree they're a heavy metal band they're not a you know and it's just like nothing that they do you know i'm just watching this band blunder time and time and time again for the very same reason i said they don't even know their own context they don't know what who their fans are they don't know how their audience reacts to them or why they're just they're just chasing a dollar and that's blatantly what they're doing at this point and this that's insulting to me personally but i understand that gave them a lot of dollars but it gave them it made them money but i don't no, think I like you that. gave them oh, a lot of dollars I, no i gave them dollars up until that farewell until tour then, yeah it becomes that thing where it's like it's not a band anymore it's a company you know you and know? like i said if they were if they were you know anytime they created something of value you know but the last thing I can remember that had a Kiss logo on it that had any value was like when they did those Kiss M and M's. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was the that was the last thing they put out. Anything I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy that. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying that Kiss just needs to make more food products and you'd buy it? Probably. <laughs> if, if, if it was if it was good food, I mean, if they're gonna put like Kiss chocolate covered cherries, I'm not gonna buy that. <laughs> well, what about Gene like Simmons blazing cherries. hot sauce? No, you don't like hot sauce? No. Oh. So no, I won't I buy anything with a kiss, kiss soda. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any of that. I've got I've, no, I've, I do. I have a couple of bottles. I, of I that. got a bottle. Of, I'm yeah. sad I've had the kiss cola <laughs> See, before. We're still, we do it though. We oh, do it though. I know, I know, because <laughs> well, we're suckers and fools <laughs> and, and nerds. Uh, let's fast forward now yeah. to February of 2003. So now we've jumped two two years now in all of this, and the band uh, returned to Australia, and this time. It's with a returning Peter Chris. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it's, but no ace. It's Peter Chris and Tommy Thayer. This is a dizzying case of musical chairs. Now you know who to thank for that. Dot McGee? Nope. The band themselves. Nope. Uh, Aerosmith. 
Oh yeah, because of the contract. Yes, well, due, no, due to the Aerosmith contract, a minimum of three they, original members had to be part of the they, band. Wait, that's not until two thousand four. Well, you, you were saying that this was part of the Aerosmith. No. Oh, okay. Australia. Okay, okay. Did okay. I, I say thought, Aerosmith? No, no, you didn't. You're talking okay, about Peter Chris coming back in then. the band. Okay, I thought that was the first thing. Uh, no, this we're going to Australia. No, we're not talking about the Aerosmith tour in this show. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> A lot happened. Well, you shows, said jump cut. <laughs> it, because that's just yeah. the way this history's going from here on out. It, it gets is. confusing. But they record, uh, on this tour, they record something called the Kiss Symphony. With the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. At the Telstra Drone. Telstra? Is that how you say this? Telstra Drone? Telstra? It's, it's, it's a rust. It's the Telstra Telstra. Yeah. yeah it's recorded on February 28th in Melbourne at the Telstra Dome. This I was, can't even say that. I guess because I don't have an Australian accent. This was the first pay-per-view that I bought, actually, when and, I was like getting into Kiss. And it came with the DVD upon the purchase. Well, I don't know when this gets released, but we're going to talk about it now. Yeah. Um, this symphony idea... It seems like it's a wholesale cut rate copying of the Metallica S and M album from four years prior. Metallica However, does one, Scorpions does one. It's not, you know, um, that Metallica album is in an, in and of itself is a giant heaping steaming pile of pretentious shit. I, I didn't care for it either. Why anyone thinks this will be a good idea is beyond my comprehension. Because it's something different, Russ. But we've seen this practice many times before with virtually identical results. Uh, maybe the Moody Blues were perhaps the most successful at it back in the 60s when they did the Days of Future Past. But See, that works for that music, though. You've seen Deep Purple do it. Procol Harum yeah. had done it. Uh, even Kiss had their own flirtation with it on music from the Elder, yeah. Uh, which is, and all of that's pretty abysmal. And Rick Wakeman pushed the idea of symphonic rock mm-hmm. to its most logical conclusion, which is virtual self-parody on the Spinal the, Tap uh... scale, <laughs> and that's where the head catches the tail. I don't know if you ever even heard those Rick Wakeman albums. It's like there, there was one that was based off of uh, it was based off a book, but I can't remember what the, the book Journey was. Journey to the Center of the Earth. That's what it was. I had that album. Well, it's not that one. Doing? It doesn't sound anything like that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the symphony thing is something that's been uh, was played around with, like you know, progressive rock bands, like you were saying. But in a heavy metal context, it always kind of seems a little out of place. It's I just I don't get it. And with this in in particular, because I'm I feel so adamant about Kiss being, you know, a, a, a four on the floor, you know, proletariat kind of rock and roll. You know the teen, the the, the lumpen teenager, your your average teenager. This was very accessible to anyone and anything. But you know we've we've talked about it in past episodes. Their music, part of the reason why I don't consider them heavy metal is because it's a very accessible kind of thing. Whereas heavy metal is very arrogant. It's in the neoclassical traditionalist of the yeah. of the great European. Blah, blah, fuck you. Fuck your heavy metal. Fuck your fucking <laughs> blah, goddamn guitar solos. Fuck all that shit. It ain't rock and roll. It's got nothing to do with rock and roll. It's got nothing to do with what I like. Let me ask you this. But I'm getting on the thing. But this and this whole symphony idea though bleeds into this shit. And I fucking it's pretentious and stupid. And it's like Well, what did you think of Destroyer? That's I'm that's my point is uh, when you get into this like 
that weaving into that stuff, we've already seen it. They with the well, I said the elder, but yeah, yeah. even the even destroyer, you know. And at the time, destroyer was rejected by their fan base and to the point say, that they I went wonder back. If you're went, having the exact same probably but, heated um, thing that fans had back works, then, and I'll tell you, but it works to a certain extent. On on the it's mostly on great expectations and it works the, again on this when they but only because they're just slipping the hand back in the glove. Well, they do three sets. They do a, a full on you know electric right. set, yeah, electric face set. Then they do an acoustic set and then you know uh, a full set with like loud guitars and the orchestra. But the symphony brings no real life to these songs to me. I I agree to a point, and the reason I asked about Destroyer was because uh, even songs outside of something like Great Expectations that had a lot of strings built into the song to start with. Take a song like Detroit Rock City. You can hear a symphony playing along with that, and sure as shit, that's what they did. You know what? I, I, there's, we, I, go ahead. There, there's a lot of moments in these songs, especially God of Thunder. I thought the God of Thunder one was kind of cool at and, the intro. And, and I'll tell you where my flip on that is. And we've talked about this before in the past. Yes, I can hear horn sections, but I hear, I hear a Memphis Stacks funk soul vibe to it. It's it, we've talked about this R and B, R and B and soul music of that era. I can hear God of Thunder with you know the barcades behind them going ba 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 ba. That's okay. I can hear that arrangement and it work. Yeah. But this is just bombastic and dumb. It doesn't bring anything. Most of it, to me, listening to it, and this is the first time I ever listened to this record because I, I had no interest in it. I had negative interest in it. <laughs> and so I had to listen to it for this fucking episode. <laughs> you can tell he's so happy about it. No, I wasn't. But I was trying to be like, <laughs> like when they do the electric part, which is just the band, it's very thin sounding. It is it's, very awkward because it's Tommy with Peter. It's, it's not a winning combo. It, well, it's just... You know, it's it's competently play whatever. Yeah, I don't I mean, like I don't like Tommy's interpretation. Of Ace's leads on it, uh, particularly on "Calling Doctor Love." Yeah, um, I yeah. Could, I, there was parts I pulled out that I was like, eh. But that's that's nitpicking. Okay, I'll let that be my nitpick. But where it really gets fails me, and this is this is true of any kind of live material. Now, it could have been the four original guys, but they just. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the equipment they use now, which I suspect it is, but it has none of that warmth and bottom and just the the whole fuck. It just sounds thin and processed. It's very thin and very much the highs are big. It sounds like fucking solid state amps with like all their processed gear and all this. It is. And I know. And I'm like, it just. It just sucks. It sounds like shit. It the just tone is unlistenable there. bullshit. And then it sounds like, and then to add, boot, you know, to make it worse, what do they got? They got like 70s B movie disco tracks laid underneath it. That's what it sounds like. It's like not even, it's just nothing on this was good. I was like, maybe I'll be wrong here. Maybe I'll I'll get an aha moment because I've had some aha moments listening to some of that 80s stuff. Yeah. You know, I've come to, I'll even say I'll come to like Lick It Up. The album. (laughs) The album, not the song. But I have. I mean, you know, there's songs on that I thought were good songs. Look, I like nowhere to run. You can't fight me on that That's fine. I'm just saying, going back and revisiting gave me some aha moments. But by and large, you know, this, this is just, and, and there's a reason why no one remembers this. It had no impact when it came out. 
it came, it went. I think they were really oh, smart you know, with it, their set list, though. When because people talk about Kiss Alive records, they're talking about two records, and that's it. Yeah, I, I agree on that. And, but I think they're also... With all the times that we can especially look at Kiss now and be like, oh, they just threw this together. They're not putting time, thought, well, I energy, think they passion. Did. I think they put a lot of thought into the songs they picked for each segment. So for the balls out, just guitar set, you had Deuce, Strutter, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Lick It Up, Call Dr. Love, Psycho. So, yeah, you could have gone without Psycho Circus. You could have done without Lick It Up. But they picked some really good electric rockers, especially Let Me Go Rock and Roll for a set like that. Then the acoustic set with the small orchestra you got beth forever going blind sure knows something and shandy it still doesn't beat the mtv unplugged versions of going blind and sure knows something but it's cool to finally hear beth with an entire uh, orchestra behind it or a part of one enough to play the parts and it was cool to actually hear a whole band version of shandy so those were two kind of pretty cool pulls that they did because of the tools they had at hand and then the symphonic set is extremely destroyer heavy bob esbert bob ezrin minded because he was orchestrating songs in such a way that it could be interpreted as classical music so songs like detroit rock city king of the nighttime world shouted out loud god of thunder all of these songs lend themselves from the bare bone to be large symphonic songs i disagree, but, nope. I disagree completely i think the song it falls apart on the most is rock and roll all night yeah well that yeah. would agree with that too but i don't i don't see i see it completely unnecessary i don't hear any it doesn't build any kind of dramatic tension or any of that stuff under it makes it bigger i didn't i just it didn't i I don't even think it was even recorded all that well it doesn't seem like it's very pronounced it's not it's not recorded well it's not mixed well it's just but i feel the passion there i feel the energy of it i like it they had fun like when we got the uh when we got the dvd it was hilarious because you talk about who is Kiss pitching to in this time period. Who are they trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to find their audience, but they don't know who their audience is. So they put out this DVD and they kind of show uh, the orchestra players putting on the Kiss makeup and it's fucking adorable and blah, blah, blah. And my mom is watching this with me and loves it. <laughs> and that was kind of so the cute. It's That's so interesting, cute. though. Yeah, it's I, so, like that. I like that point of view. now. That's oh, that, look, they're, they're that doing the symphony. Th- oh, oh, I like that point, man. That's mm-hmm. good. See, that's where it's a turnoff for me. It and is guess, a turnoff, but it and is an interesting And I think that view, attitude, though. though, is why we, you know, there was a rejection for their core base in 1976 to Destroyer. It was just that vibe, mm-hmm. you know. And what I get off on, like, Destroyer, even on Great Expectation, the stuff that I like best about that song isn't the isn't the choral arrangement isn't the symphonic arrangement it's the guitar that open there's open notes blah 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 you see I tommy play the guitar yeah <laughs> I, yeah he's always wanted to do that you know but i mean none of that it just doesn't work to me it just it's it's a real thin sound and live sound and then they try to add in this you know and it's them chasing someone else's success mm-hmm. and that's the other thing that bothers you because we've seen it again you know, Metallica did it, and it was like, oh, oh and it was a success. Oh, even though- we gotta follow them, you mm-hmm. know. And again, the band that doesn't ever follow anybody now has been following every trend that come down the pike since 1982. Yep. I don't know. I just, you know, I go again. It's just they're not a mere rock and roll band. You know, and I'm kind of reaching a, a, my clothes on this, and I really don't have <laughs> much else to say. And I, and I, you know. 
I don't know if you have anything else to add or contribute to this. Uh, well, are we going to go into uh, the Japan dates, or are we going to save that for the next episode? Did they play Japan after that? Yeah, they, uh, they went uh, because that no, was in I didn't February. go. I went as far as this because I figured. Yeah, they they did play a handful of uh, dates immediately after that. Um, on the uh, they with, did with Peter with Peter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I, I thought I thought this was it with Peter. I was going to ask if uh, well, it's already been answered, but which lineup did y'all prefer, the Tommy Peter or the uh, Eric? Uh, ace one i don't really i mean i just i'm completely ambivalent towards either one i don't care because they've just they've just the bloom came off the rose by this point for me because again it's like my point is it's like kiss wasn't a mere rock and roll band they were a cultural force and it was like it, it maybe not quite as big but in the same rarefied air as the beatles as elvis mm-hmm. or as michael jackson and i can't think of anyone else that has had that kind of an Im- impact you know, I mean, you may not know their names individually, but you see the faces. Yeah. You know that's Kiss. You don't see you Led know? Zeppelin clocks with the it band like, members' it faces didn't like, on it. It didn't like Grandma was going to mix up the Beatles with the with the Kinks or or whatever. You know, um, you knew Kiss when you saw it. I mean, yeah. and and it's existed to this day as you know, and that's what they banked on with replacing these guys and just putting them in the same persona you know but you can't put them in the same persona because they're not the same persona and that's i mean it's it's almost like um well it's a franchise now it's like if tom if uh tom brady is uh moving to uh florida you got to get a new quarterback well it's in a way it's to me it's like old school pro wrestling back in the old days you know they sold wrestling as real and the wrestlers had their own little code of silence. They called it kayfabe. Yes. You know, and it kept the secret a secret. Well, Kiss had kayfabe, too. You didn't see them without their makeup ever. They were always Kiss. Alive was alive. So much. I mean, <laughs> you know, and once you figured out what the deal was, the same with wrestling. Once they pulled the curtain back and you learned all, you know, people don't relate to wrestling in the same way now that we related to it when I was a little kid or even the grown adults, you know people would storm the try to climb in the ring you know you hear these old old school stories of guys getting like you know slashed with razor blades on the way to the ring and stuff you know cops not protecting the bad guys like well you shouldn't have done that you know yeah there's no mystique with kiss anymore and it's like they're they're cute now my mom you know sees them as like this fun rock and roll band that has a symphony every now and then they're not the demonic you know knights and satan service anymore and in the 70s, though, they were a mystery. We didn't know anything about them. We didn't know their backstories. We didn't know the interpersonal politics of the four members, how they got along, how they didn't get along, whether or not they, you know, we didn't know any of that. And so much, and I've said this before, probably in a previous episode, but it bears repeating, especially at this point in their history, because as a, from my perspective, as an old fan, right, growing up in a time where we didn't know anything about them. So we, what was KISS really at the end of the day but a reflection of who we were as individuals? What you brought to the table was largely what KISS was going to reflect back to you as, you know, if you were 14 or eight or whatever you know they're mm-hmm. there because you didn't know and if you you know and that's one thing i thought think was so much fun for kiss for me was it triggered my imagination so much mm-hmm. it, you know it catapulted my imagination to this other level where i'm now thinking of this group as something even bigger and that's what made them so iconic and special in their time because 
you know, um, I don't know. It's just like I wrote some notes about this to kind of keep me on point. But, um, you know, when you start to reinvent or redefine that band, it completely alters the formula. It's not like REO Speedwagon where you can put a new drummer in. He's a great drummer. Oh, he's a great drummer. Journey. Oh, look, they got a new drummer. He's a really great drummer. You know, you can't do that. It's like with Journey's had a hard time replacing Steve Perry, so they got to get a Steve Perry fucking sound alike. Yeah. And Kiss are just not doing sound alikes. They're doing look alikes. Yeah. Because that's what they have to do. But it's not the same. You can't do that. Um, you know, even going back to what you said in the, you know, I was going to say about the Revenge era, by the time they were trying to reinvent and redefine themselves as like a street rock band, you know, the uh, Gene got his, his goatee and all this. No, we already know now. The, the, the You know, we know that that's that your middle class, you came from middle class fucking backgrounds, upper middle class backgrounds. You guys come from, you know, comfortable backgrounds you guys were really didn't gene really did once once he got here yeah you know it's like but what about like when the initial gene went to fucking college you know you learn these things and you realize well, that they was were also on a, different in the late 60s well, and just from the i'm perspective just saying we know today. they came from middle class backgrounds they had we know obviously gene's story is like the american dream story it's a wonderful story all of them have unique and fascinating backstories but we know these stories and we know they weren't fucking street tough hooligan kids peter was yeah ace was to a point but gene never was but now he's gonna masquerade as that under this guy's under revenge it's like fuck you man you're insulting me with this bullshit stop playing roles you know the role is gene simmons is a demon we didn't know anything about that guy we didn't know that he came from israel we didn't know that his mom was in a concentration camp we didn't know the horrors that they had to go through you know so, so that we is didn't the know big, that so all pause. we knew that that's the big disconnect between a fan like you and a fan like me because when i came in that was the information yeah. i was getting that's what made me latch on though finding out gene's history finding out that there was all this turmoil within the band you know my first visuals were second coming and then later on getting the confidential thing and on confidentials or extreme close-up one of the two of those revengers they really lay everything out and that's exactly the point i'm making like when i say about wrestling it's like wrestling fans today relate to it on a whole different level than the way we did once you know but i think that captured me more because i'm sitting here because that almost created a brand new mystique knowing there's the tri- no mystique no it did for me hold on because it created this thing of this band imploded these two guys ran off weren't extremely successful now they're back now knowing all of the history of everything these four formidable you know people are back together to me it created a bigger legacy for me as a young fan seeing all the things they went through and look where they are now which is why maybe i kind of hyper focused during this transition period because since i grew up knowing all of the backstory and that they're back now seeing them split apart and separate again immediately intrigued me i'm like oh well, what's happening now? Since we know shit went wrong before, what's going wrong now? Yeah, but and I all of a sudden, it opened up a brand new era of the Kiss kind of... I hate using this phrase, but history. <laughs> but, 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 and with me, with the uh, Kiss Symphony, when we got that pay-per-view on DVD and we watched it and kind of consumed it, 
you know, that broadened my curiosity even further because that was like the first Kiss show I saw. So I would go to my friend's house afterwards and he would have, you know, copies of Hotter Than Hell, Kiss Alive, Destroyer, and I would go through those going like, wow, this band was so much cooler back then. Look at all this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so I that's totally how, agree with that. Well, and, but it, to me, knowing all of that, the things that you're complaining about, to me, those were all pluses. Yeah, I to me, it ruined the band. It ruined, it ruined everything that was fun and unique and special about them because all of the, it was better to not know. It's like, again, wrestling, it's better to not know. You know, yeah, maybe you knew I mean, I knew they weren't fucking superheroes, and I knew wrestling wasn't real, but I could suspend my disbelief, and I could involve myself in that dynamic and make it make it work. And once you got past that, and to me, it's like you replace an original member, and it's not just somebody merely wearing a costume. It's, I don't know. No, I completely agree with that. It just rings cheap, okay? It's like, mm-hmm. It just demonstrates this lack of integrity, and it forces me to concede to a position that I don't want to concede, which is the idea that they were exactly that commercial enterprise that they got criticized so heavily for back when they started. I don't want to say that. Because I keep going back to, no, yeah, but they always at least provided something of value. And honestly, those first six records are unassailable. They had some great fucking records. They did that shit in four years, like what? No, three years time. Yeah. Six records in three years. Who does that kind of consistency today? Not even, and nobody. I mean, we're not going to see, we're going to see two records over the next 20 years. Yeah. And they're going to be debatable. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so maybe I was suckered as a naive kid. Okay. Maybe, and maybe I'm now my eyes have been opened that yeah they're gonna You're just woke, Russ. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm woke, oh god, <laughs> and and I'm just like you know, it was better not knowing, and it would have been served better had they respected it enough to realize how unique and special it was to put it down and go, we're not doing that anymore. No, I you totally know, agree and, with that. And you put it away, and you've got something that still preserves, and still you could, you know, they could still continue to cre- create the merchandise. You know, I, it's easier for me to buy that merchandise. No, you know, and and th- when I do, if I buy any merchandise, it's feeding to that little kid that bought into that mystique. You mm-hmm. know, I don't. Um, I, I, friend of mine bought the Pez set that they came out with about 10 years ago and I looked at it and was like look they're modeled after Eric and Tommy, Tommy yeah. and he did a double take he was like son of a bitch he didn't yeah. even notice it because they, they don't say Eric Singer and no, Tommy but, on but it but you can see on the makeup designs that he, even the head it, model that's right. what I'm saying Tommy's even the, got a very the, strong yeah, jawline yeah, yeah. that pronounced jawline and I'm just and like Eric's got a thin nose mm-hmm. but it's still easy to it, you know but it's still easy to suspend that out of your you know, you can just go, okay, that was just a poor mold or whatever. I've seen some action figures where the molds aren't really that great, but it's the classic lineup. You know, yeah. I can do that. That's stuff I can do. But with all the stuff that they're starting to do in this era, especially for me, putting those guys in the same costumes going, hey, look, it's the new Catman in the new space. And I'm just like... And I get where Paul's like, well, what are we supposed to do, Elephant Boy? No, you're <laughs> supposed to stop, motherfucker. So You know, so have Paul, integrity and respect for your own self and your own history and go, you know what? Kiss is over. And if you still want to play with those guys, great. 
but he doesn't want to play with those guys and have to go back to a different level. So instead, he's going to fuck you. He's going to fuck you. He's going to fuck me. <laughs> he's going to fuck everybody that fucking pays to see him. And people are readily fucking lining up, pulling down their pants, going, yeah, fuck me. I don't understand it. it <laughs> but just what if bl- they're it bl- enjoying it? They, I'm, hey, you know, that's great for them, but I'm not buying it. I'm not paying for this fucking ruse. So I'm glad you brought up the whole uh, elephant man or giraffe boy because they love throwing they that, love throwing out, that pa- out especially paul so he likes using that one and i'm guessing you also don't subscribe to his other line of viewing which is which is oh who's playing batman tonight well here's okay which goes to the next question which kind of really goes to a future episode you know they've teased the idea of a kiss version two yeah you know, their own you know like and which goes back to what Gene's always wanted. He didn't want to be the next Beatles. He wanted to be the next Coca-Cola. He wanted to be Disneyland. He yeah. wanted to be McDonald's. He wanted a franchise. Okay. You can't, you know, but there's a point where even all that stops becoming special. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, I, I totally agree. By that I point, can I'll... see I can I, you know, I can see them pulling that off though better than like no one wants to see the Eagles. Mark II. It's just going to be Cirque du Soleil. You know, well, that's exactly what it's going to be. Exactly. But I, and I'm wondering how successful that's going to be. It's going to be like Elvis tributes. You know? I was going to say, it's going to be like, you know, say Nick Simmons takes over as well, Gene's no, role. The, and play, absolutely and they, not. And they, play, and they play like, say, they still play Shout It Out Loud rock and roll all night. In you know, stuff that's going to be the, 70, 80 years old down the line. No, this with a new this is what's going to happen. We're going to take a vacation. We live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to take a vacation to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we're going to drive past one of those Grand Ole Opry tribute things, and it's going to say, Tonight, Kiss. That's what's going to happen. Well, it'll be, or Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. you know, which is what they got accused of from the get-go with the stage show. It was, oh, it's all Vegas glitz. Now everybody's doing it, and and now everyone's doing residencies, including Mm -hmm. Kiss, in Las Vegas. So they took something that wasn't cool and made it cool and acceptable. But yeah, that's another. There's another. There's another thing where they kind of broke ground. Was it good or bad? I don't know. You know, but there's no one else I can see pulling that off in, a, in such a grand way as Kiss. I mean, so you they don't, don't even agree have to with the whole the, like the Catman is now Batman. It's like we we don't get mad because someone played Batman after Adam West. You well, know, we don't get no, mad. No, I, I do. I'm that's a I, I work with <laughs> like, wait, wait, I work with guys that are comic book nerds. I'm not a comic book nerd. Yeah, right. So these superhero movies, I don't like. Like they come out with superhero movies, and I'm like, who the fuck is Ant Man? I'm never. I thought that was a joke. You know. And people are like, no, no, you don't know. And I'm like, no, How I, don't dare fucking, you, I don't read comic books, man. There's Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and Hulk. I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know, you know? And But to me, it's like in Superman movies, you're never going to top Christopher Reeve. You know, he is a definitive Superman. Right. There is no definitive Batman. But that's the one they, that he likes and using. And I like, you know, and I everybody that I've seen, every Batman movie I've seen, I thought whoever played Batman did, oh, it, was, it was good. It was good Batman. Yeah. I actually like the Christian Bale ones. People like, shit on those a good bit, but I'm I like, like I like, you know. I'm it's like, like he was dark I, and brooding. He's he fine. did good. He's fine. He's Batman. But but with Superman, I'm like, that's, no, he's not a good Superman. We better calm down. Chris is about to barrel down the stuff. and be like, we talking movies? <laughs> <laughs> Superman, you know, I'm just saying, but you know, you've got these definitive, that's kind of my point. It's like yeah, with yeah. these guys, they're so 
iconic. They're so definitive. And they've gone and they've just like watered it down. And they've watered it down for mainstream consumption, which is always a shitty thing. Because so you're saying you don't agree with it? No, I think that you leave it alone. They should just have stopped. It, the smart well, I'm thing. Don't talk about the mindset that Paul right, likes to no, push. No, I don't agree. I, yeah. No, Paul, he's wrong. They should have fucking stopped. What you do, you stop. You did a farewell tour, motherfucker. Stop. And if you want to keep playing music, fine. Go play music. If you want to play with Tommy and Eric Singer, go play with those guys. You want to go do Soul Station? Go do Soul Station. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, go play Kiss songs, but don't call it Kiss. Do a club tour as a solo act. It worked. I'd go see that, you, you know, know, 20 years ago, but. <laughs> and that's, I think that's what the real future is probably going to be is you're going to see Gene and Ace going out with that Ace, Gene, uh, Gene's Ace. Gene's whatever, Ace band. You know, yeah. Yeah. Which, and they'll be opening for people or whatever, and they'll be playing the classics. Because Gene honestly does like playing with Ace as much as those shows weren't good. You can still see on Gene's face he enjoyed well, playing with he, Ace. I think Gene, deep down in his cold, black, money grubbing heart, agrees with me. I think that it, in his, you know, he's always the first one to say, in a perfect world, it's still been the four original guys. Yeah. But he's also, you know, I'm chasing a dollar too. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, but you don't have to. You know, it's like you've reached a point where you're financially secure. You don't have to do this and you're doing it anyway. And well, for I will, what I end, will say, we usually don't go into, you know, members' personal lives and stuff. The financially secure part did change during the farewell tour. Paul was going through his divorce. Well, okay, and yeah. that and that changed his monetary. There you standing. go. Well, that probably changed mm-hmm. his. So his, again, we don't uh, like getting into you know it what? much, that's but that fair, does play fair. into yeah. it a little bit. I'm sure but, it did. Because Paul and it, I, I feel if Paul mentions it in an interview, is fine. Paul said that he lived in Gene's guest room or guest house for like a few weeks while they got things sorted out and like the house got swapped around and shit. So that's interesting. So he, he was in, he was in a moment. He was in a pickle for about a month. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know if you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. And that, <laughs> hey, he, hey, he admits that fully in his book. <laughs> so that's not too mean. Well, you know, but it's still, they've reached the end. It's, it's, it's over and they're going to, you know, it's, and it's easy for me to say, and, and, and their, their apologists will go what they keep selling out arenas and they're still doing tours and all this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it hasn't been good and hasn't been good for a long time. We're going to talk about how it got to be increasingly bad. Well, Gene we, becomes a TV star. I'm going to have to stop. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to like it was in the eighties. I'm going to have to start relating to them on a different level. I don't know how we're going to continue this show. <laughs> I've, I've, I can help because, like I said, I was we'll figure it I out. was fascinated by this era because, again, it's like by the time I'd fully hopped on, heard about a farewell tour, and all of a sudden, like you said, these people start showing up in these iconic makeup designs created by these original people, not comic book characters, not fictional characters. These are and real I, life people and, creating personas, and now these other people are taking over the personas that real life people create for themselves not as right. a mirror as a comic not, book not a comic strip I guess that's my point these aren't characters they're personas people. yes they're personas they're, they're a reflection of the, the person that made it Peter yeah. Chris was that was a, an outward reflection of who he felt on the inside that, I mean Alice Cooper you know, talks about that he's it, like he it, has it, his stage persona right. and his off stage can you imagine if there was a new Alice Cooper how would that go over wow yeah or that matter and again a new Gene or a new Paul they say it's going to happen. Yeah, but how will that be accepted? I don't. They're um, going to try within 
that that's a whole other episode. I know, <laughs> and yeah. we'll and we'll get there. We'll but, get there, and we'll get to that point. Don't worry. I, I feel we can keep this train on the tracks. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's but gonna, it's going to get me. It's, you know, I'm 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 going to be but but the and, grouchy grouch them for the rest of these episodes I'll, so there's I'll not a lot out. of cool I'll stuff help. i'll help <laughs> but no uh, unlike <laughs> unlike the namesake uh, over the next couple of years though the, there's plenty of time to turn yeah. they, they take well, a lot of rest stops. there's gonna be yeah <laughs> Here, it's now it's like no time to turn well, but there is time to stop and take a rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stop right here and just breathe a little bit. So hopefully you guys will keep up with this because it's going to get probably a little bit comical and a little bit grouchy. <laughs> and uh, we'll see where where it all lands. And uh, hopefully you'll tune in for another episode. Because <laughs> this one probably did not win many fans. <laughs> How about this? If anybody, the loyal li- listeners like that, I'm sure. If any listeners are uh, have any ideas to pitch to us in like comment threads and stuff like that, please do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I'll do a little mini plug. If, uh, if you look in the episode description, there's a link for our Discord. Uh, a couple listeners actually did sign up after I mentioned it, so sign up in the Discord link. We'll chat, kiss in there. We'll post about any cool video links that get posted in, and that way it's just in a single little thread, like minded, no extra bullshit, none of that stuff it's fun yeah. y'all we won't we won't we won't shit on your ideas no because <laughs> russ isn't in there much <laughs> <laughs> russ isn't in there so it won't happen yeah. but yeah sign up for the discord it's free it's easy to use y'all have fun in it and hopefully we'll uh see y'all or hear y'all will hear us or i don't know what the words are but you know hopefully you will re- you'll return for another episode <laughs> of no time to turn Good thank you for listening Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.